Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in chapter 21 of Matthew. And it's when Jesus enters Jerusalem. <clears throat> He's praised and sung to as he as he rides forth. So before we get to our reading, let's open with prayer. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for loving me and caring about me. I know when I, at times I feel like huge failure having let you down. I know, Lord, that you love me anyways. And that those are just my feelings of inadequacy and I'm not seeing me as you see me. So, Father, I pray today that as we go through the reading that we would have our hearts and our minds open to see us how you see us and understand why if we were the last ones on earth, the only ones on earth, Jesus would still have sacrificed himself for us. So may our spirits be open, may your Holy Spirit speak to us, and may we know what to do, what you're saying, and how to apply it to our lives. May our minds, our hearts, and our spirits be cleansed by your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> so chapter 21 has a lot of different elements to it, and it's also fairly long, so let's go ahead and jump right on in. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Beth Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus said to two disciples, saying to them, or sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle, and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They, bought the, they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus went to the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But then the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They, they asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read? From the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out to the city of Bethany, where he spent the night. 
Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do that what was done to that fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. <clears throat> Jesus entered the temple. Now, this that was the second time he had mentioned the uh, faith being able to move mountains. Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priest and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will, al I will also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. <clears throat> John's baptism, baptism. Where did it come from? Was it from heaven or of human origin? They discussed it among themselves and said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the people, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. Well then, he said, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. They've had this conversation multiple times, and they've claimed that he's doing it from through the, the power of Satan, which then he he refutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they've also said that he's doing it because he's some prophet. But they never attri truly attribute him to God. Yet he just healed multitudes in the temple. He healed those who were lame, those who were blind, those who were injured. And he, and he healed them in the temple. Yet they don't ask him about that necessarily. They say by whose power. And they don't, or whose authority. And they just don't really want to get to the heart of the matter. Verse 28, the parable of two sons. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered, but later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? Now, see, this also confused me because I was often that first child, that first son. My parents would tell me to do something. I'd basically be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And then eventually I'd get, I'd like realize I was wrong and I'd go do it. So being like most of the people, when I heard this, I thought, well, the first son, especially since it's like me. <clears throat> and then Jesus says, because I say the same thing as the people, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. <laughs> For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness. And you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. So this had me confused for quite a while. Um, 
I read a lot on from Spurgeon. I did a bunch of reading from various commentaries. And finally, you know, Spurgeon wrote, and this is to his, his was like, I don't know, it was probably an hour and a half sermon that he did on this. But he basically said the first person represents the, the person who's just hardened their heart to what God wants. And even though they eventually go and do it, they're just doing it because it's for themselves, because they want to feel good for themselves, not because they're obeying God. And so those are people who don't know God or they've hardened their hearts. And then he talks about the second child, the second boy. And the boy sits there and there the son says, sure, I'll do it. And he's just doing lip service. And he's basically me sitting in a pew, listening to the sermon, but not living the sermon. And that's actually what this my journey is about. I'm trying to live the message of Christ. I'm trying to live the life of and that's why I get frustrated my, with myself when I know I'm not changing like I think I should. But that change is what I think I should be doing. I should, uh, you know, in my mind, I should be making a bigger change in my life. <clears throat> there shouldn't be swearing. There shouldn't be. I should be loving people. And quite candidly, I'm kind of a grumpy old man at times. And I sit there and I'm like, screw you type of deal. And it's like, well, gosh, that's not how Jesus wants me to love others. And I get really, you know, I've been really pretty beating up myself recently because that's like my first response is basically defensive or negative towards people when they do something that I consider stupid or inconvenient or whatever. So I really looked at this and all of a sudden, finally it hit me. Neither did what God wanted. And yet the prostitutes and the tax collectors understood it better than me. And you know, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, that first son, but it's not the first son. He didn't do what, what Jesus wanted. And neither did the second one. Neither did it. And so it's like, which one am I? And that's where the this this journey I'm on. It's like, God, where am I? Am I loving you correctly? Am I living for you correctly? And I, don't, and I keep going back to, I have to rest in him, but I also have to make changes myself. I can't just sit there and like say, okay, God, you'll change me and just sit around and keep doing the same old things. I've, there's got to be that that functioning aspect on myself or on my part that I have to do. So anyways, this section was pretty important to me because I'm, for the longest time I glossed through it because I never understood it. I've read through it many times. I've even heard sermons on it. Most of them I'm like, yeah, I don't agree. But now I understand that no, neither did it. And I don't want to be one of those two sons. Verse 33, the parable of the tenants. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented out the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other other servants. (coughs) Excuse me. Hope that didn't blast your, your ears out. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent, 
sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will bring wretches to a he will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyards to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. <clears throat> Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priest and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parable, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. So the landlord is God. He's created an earth. He sends his people, his prophets, to the people, the tenants. They kill the prophets. They don't listen to the prophets. They treat them poorly. He then eventually sends his own son. And here Jesus is predicting his own death. And they kill him. And now, no longer will the Jews be the only ones or the, the, the preferred children of God who will be the ones that are there. And the Pharisees and the chief priests all knew that Jesus was talking about them. And that made them unhappy. Not that they were going to be deprived of God's blessing, but that he was talking to, about them and that he was losing power because the people were following him. It's all about prioritizations, right? And I guess that's where I have to really work on myself. And that's the priorities of changing my life and allowing God to change my life and submitting to his will, what is right. Dying to myself and living for him. And that's what this journey back to God is all about. Anyways, with that, let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that it would be completely you, you speaking, your wisdom, your thoughts. Anything from me, I just pray you would minimize it, remove it, because it's useless. And I just know that you are the one that we came to hear. You're the one whose insight and love and mercies and wisdom we want. It's not mine. So, Father, I pray that this, your word would go out and be fruitful and multiply, and that you'd be honored and glorified by us, and that we would learn a little bit more about serving you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.